What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bear Down Bears fans, it's your boy Pat the Designer back at it again. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily, where we're covering everything Chicago sports for you. Got to let you guys know, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dog Whiskey, where their motto is, life is short, so add some flavor. On today's episode, we are going to break down Chicago Bears um, going and making some offensive line changes. Finally, finally, The Rock has come back. Don't worry about that. Finally, we're getting those offensive line changes that I think Bears fans are going to really be looking for. Uh, We're going to be breaking that down and then also going to be looking at uh, some of the press conferences from Luke Getze today. Also hearing from Justin Fields and Coach Floosh yesterday, breaking down some of what they are seeing on the field and kind of what they have going forward. We appreciate you guys tuning in and rocking with us, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel. Talking Bears, how Bears fans talk, man. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Drop a bird down in the chat if you haven't done so already. We appreciate the love, man. Um, Got the news today that, and, and really, right, news, we're basing this off of what we saw in the practice field and David Kaplan coming out and saying this, these are some of the things that he's hearing. But uh, got the news today that, the Chicago Bears are planning to make some changes at the offensive line position. At least that's the rumor. Um, they're they're uh, literally, Dana in the chat, by the way, she says we're in here. She's right here. She's right here. Shout out to D. Uh, Cuz in the building. Uh, no, but um, honestly, right, like, basically, Sam Mustafer, the thing that we've been asking for the most, the thing that we've been asking for consistently, the thing that we've been asking for on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, finally happening. Sam Mustafer basically becoming that swing tackle for the Chicago Bears, somebody that's going to be in there at tackle, at guard, whatever position you need, the sixth offensive lineman, which may, I mean, in my opinion, may still be a little bit too high for a guy like Sam Mustafer, but hey, to each their own. But uh, at the end of the day, right, like, 
Musty's going to be out of the lineup. Lucas Patrick will be starting in at guard. You'll have Braxton Jones at left tackle. You will have Michael Schofield in at left guard. Uh, Tevin Jenkins will continue at right tackle, or I'm sorry, at right guard, and Larry Bourne will continue at right tackle. What does this do for you, right? I think at a minimum, it makes you feel like the one thing that was the biggest gaping hole in your offensive line is now gone. That's the part that, that the only part really that that you look at with this thing and you're like, I feel better about that. Does this all of a sudden fix the Chicago Bears offensive line? No. I I, I look at the O-line and I'm going to be honest with you, right? And Lucas Patrick said it himself. When you start this thing off, the main thing that came in this offseason that I said I thought was a good move, that I thought was going to be a good signing for the Chicago Bears was Lucas Patrick to the Bears and he has been awful. I mean, he's been god-awful to the point where he even can't deny that he hasn't been god-awful. I mean, he's gotten blown up at every play we can say right he's not playing his the position that he was brought here to play but he's playing the position that he came into the NFL playing so he's pretty bad right now but at a minimum Sam Mustafer probably I think most people would agree was the biggest hole in this lineup and I think it's a good thing that you removed that because it was the one part right and here's here's the main key Lucas Patrick, we know he had the broken hand. Maybe, that uh, again, right, playing the guard position, life comes at you fast. That's what Tevin Jenkins keeps saying. It, it's a lot quicker. You got to get your hands up quicker. You got to get the bump in there quicker. Maybe something with the hand was throwing him off playing at the left guard position. I don't know if center is any different than that, right? He's right there in your face. But I think that, right, like, Maybe this switch at this point in time will be good for Lucas Patrick, but at a minimum, if he's any better than Sam Mustafer, that's a help to Justin Fields. That's what this is all about, helping Justin Fields. I'm not, say, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge help. I'm not saying that he's going to come out and he's going to dominate, but it's a step in the right direction for Justin Fields because hopefully your center won't be laying on the on his back the second that he hits the ground. Hopefully your center won't be fumbling a snap just about every week of the NFL season. Hopefully your starting center will be in there holding the guy on the other side, not literally holding, but holding the guy off on the other side at least for a half a second more and it'll give Justin Fields a little bit of time to operate, right? Because, of course, the pressure coming from the left side, that's going to be tough to deal with. Of course, the pressure coming from the right side, that's going to be tough to deal with. But the pressure straight up the gut that was happening immediately to Justin Fields, to me, that was the toughest thing that Justin was going to have to deal with all season. And hopefully right now, he's going to get to a point where he doesn't have to deal with that pressure coming straight up the gut at him and being right in his face. Now, Here's the one thing that I do want to point out. There's a lot that we can put on this offensive line. This offensive line has been terrible this entire season outside of run pro. Pass pro, they've been bad. They've stumbled over each other. They've fallen over each other. They have fallen into Justin Fields. They have fallen over themselves um, literally we've seen just about every bit of bad that we can see from this offensive line but even with all of that right I look at that first half where Justin Fields was getting protection versus the uh, Washington oof almost took it back there hold on what are they now the commanders the the Washington commandants um, the Washington commanders and I saw right moments where there were good where the, where the protection was better than it than it had been most of the season Justin holding the ball to him, right? Like it's not just Sam Mustafer. It's not just Larry Borman. It's not just uh, 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 Lucas Patrick, right? 
it's also the quarterback maybe holding that ball a little bit too long. It's also your receivers not getting separation or not getting into their routes quick enough. It's also, right, this offense is a culmination of everything happening at once. So is this a help for Justin Fields? Yeah, but Justin's also got to help himself, right? He's got to make decisions. And I think that's a lot of what Lucas Patrick has been talking about, or Lucas Patrick, what Luke Getzey has been talking about with this team is Justin Fields has to make those decisions. He has to be the guy that's going to pull the trigger and there's been moments right where that has come open where there's been a receiver flashing in his face where there's been and he just hasn't made that decision now the thing that I do like right heading into uh um into New England is that into Foxborough that's the that's what I was trying to think of uh the thing that I do like heading into Foxborough here is that you have a Bears team that offensively, to me, is moving in the right direction, even with Musty in there. And I know you're looking at me and you're like, Pat, we just lost to the worst team in football, 12-9. to 9. Or whatever it was, right? Not a lot to a little. 12-9, to 9, right? That was the final score. We just lost to the worst team in football. How can you say that? What I'm looking at is the fact that we were able to – we had a quarterback that was able to deal with the pressure that the worst team in football was bringing in his face. He was pressured on 48% of his snaps. Justin Fields was able to move the ball down the field on a continuous basis. We had a running game that was able to deal with the fact that, yeah, they were blitzing, but guess what? I'm going to go where the blitzers are not, and I'm going to be able to break up field. Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery, a big help to what you want to see. We had a quarterback that finally figured out I'm faster I think he figured it out two weeks ago hey I'm faster than all of y'all um like by a lot you guys can't catch me and so now right you're seeing Justin start to use his legs as well right so to me I look at that and I say these are things that to me you're moving in the right direction with these are things to me that your offense is is going not backwards (laughs) I think that's all we can hope for at this point, right? Like, not backwards, but is it finished? No. Is it a finished product? No. So, to me, right, just taking little steps, and I'm not going to lie to you, getting Sam Mustafer out of there might not even be a little step. Like, I'm not saying Lucas Patrick has played leaps and bounds better, but my God, has Sam Mustafer been awful this season. I, 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 I'm on record saying this, and I will stand by it, and I dare somebody that might be 50 or 60 just because I don't know the person to tell me if I'm wrong. Sam Mustafer to me is the worst center we've ever seen in Chicago Bears history. And we've had some bad players in this building. I'm talking about the guys that came in as backups. I'm talking about the guys that came in just for a game. I'm talking about some dude that was the kicker that was just standing there, and they were like, you look husky today. Like, I don't know. But but to me, he is the worst center I have ever seen in my life in a Chicago Bears uniform, and I would ask somebody to tell me worse. And I listen, Olin Cruz just going to have to see me. I'm sorry. You're not stuffing me in a locker. Like, you're going to have to see me on that one, bro. Um... <laughs> Uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. Hit that like button if you haven't done so. Subscribe to the page. I mean, he's just bad, bro. Like, he's he's bad. He's bad at his job. I don't know how else to say it. Um, if I was bad at my job, I would just admit it. But to me, right, as you're heading into Monday night here, you see that it's not just words with flus. It's not just words with this coaching staff. This coaching staff is 100%. If you're the reason we're losing, you'll be gone. We didn't we didn't end up dropping a video right because the Bulls uh were playing that night. But two games in a row, Amir Smith Mazaret makes a mistake. Hey, 
Appreciate you for playing the work version of our game, bro. Pack your stuff. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get you a bus ticket wherever you want to go. That's that's what it comes down to, bro. Like, they're not playing. I get it, right? Like, we're in a season where this is a rebuilding season. This is a season to figure out kind of where some talent is on the field. We're in a season where, uh, uh, um, you know, like, you're just trying to figure out, is there anybody on this team that's going to help Justin? But that doesn't mean that these coaches are going through game by game just saying, yeah, we're trying to lose this. Yeah, we don't want to win this game. Yeah, we don't want we don't want to put a good team on the field. Or we don't want to try to put a good team on the field, right? Because at, at a certain point, there's just a lack of talent on this team. Because you can tell that, right? Musty, benched. Finally. Don't know why he wasn't benched before. I guess, I guess Lucas Patrick legitimately wasn't ready. But Musty, benched. And yes, I am calling him Musty. He plays like his name is. I mean, honestly, right? Musty, benched. Smith, cut. Maz- Smith, Maseret, whatever his name was. Maserati. Maserati Smith. Smith Marset, was that his name? Smith Marset, whatever. Maserati. Everybody we've named Maserati in this city, by the way, has never turned into one. Um, but yeah, he's out of there. You got to go. You're not helping the team. And I like to see that. I like to see that. Now, do I think that Sam Mustafer shouldn't have been on the team bus since week two? Yeah. But there weren't a lot of options there, especially when you've lost Cody Whitehair. Um, I, I, you ended up losing Tevin Jenkins in that game, right? And here's the thing. You still might be able to see uh, um, Musty get into the game, right? Because why? If we have an, if we have an injury, if we have an issue – He's the next best option. That's the problem that this team has right now. It's not that Justin Fields is going to be terrible and he's not going to be able to play. It's not that Darnell Mooney can't get out there and make catches. It's not that, right? Like, at the end of the day, are those things all factors into this team? Yeah. But there's also just such a lack of talent with this Bears team. So, for me, that's why I'm looking at this heading into Foxborough on Monday night and saying, there's there's such a lack of talent here. And yet I'm seeing Justin Fields have a game where if any other receiver can catch the football, we're talking about a 200-plus-yard game and an 88-yard rushing day. 200-plus-yard passing game and an 88-plus-yard rushing game. And I got to tell you, after watching the tape, there's probably four or five receivers that you can look at and be like, hey, bro, you can't give me over 200 yards, bro? Like, it's right there. It's in your hands. I can't put it anymore in your hands. And I think that's what the the thing that you want to key in on and you want to focus on heading into um, Monday night is okay. Let's cut down on the mental mistakes. It's almost it's to the point now where it's almost like these guys are just so scared of the moment. The moment comes for you to be the hero. The moment comes for you to be great and you haven't been put in this position. Justin Fields is putting you in this position. He's getting the ball to you. It hits you in the hands and it falls. Right? They're not ready for the moment. Again, it goes to the talent. Ryan Poles decided to try and figure out what the tough get is going to be this season versus the one that I think a lot of people think you can find. 
I would have loved to see him go O-line a little bit earlier. I, I wouldn't have been mad at him going wide receiver with one of those first two picks. I can't go back on that. I also don't look at this season as the end-all, be-all. At this point, it's a week-by-week improvement game. And with everything that has been lacking with this team, Justin Fields has absolutely improved week-by-week. That gets me excited heading into Monday night in Foxborough. That makes me look at the game in Foxborough and say, yeah, that defense is nasty. That defense is nasty. But we got Justin. Maybe that'll be, maybe this will be the turning point where we're like, oh, maybe there's enough. Maybe he can make a play. Maybe something can happen, right? Bears did elevate Isaiah Coulter as well. I don't think that's going to be too much, but it'll be good to see him. Be good to see somebody else. Uh, I haven't heard the latest. Now, I will say this, right? Uh, Bears dropping an injury report. Here's a shock to everybody in here. By the way, if you're in here right now, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Bears and Bulls. How Chicago fans talk, so make sure that you get in tune with us. Here's something that I really want to point out that I feel went well, well under the radar for Chicago fans in this thing. Um. We have no one on the injury report. Like no one. Like nobody. Like nobody's nicked up. Nobody's dinged up. Nobody's dead. I can't remember a week that that happened in the last 10 years. I can't remember a week that that happened in the last 10 years. Can somebody point me? Somebody, if you can do the research, I don't care that much. If some, if you can do the research on when this is the last time the Chicago Bears had nobody on the injury report coming into a week. Now, listen, at the end of the day, right, somebody might be lying. <laughs> somebody might be lying in this mug. But I mean, like, I was, I was surprised to see that nobody was on the injury report. But the fact that nobody's on the injury report means this is the week that we're going to see Nikhil Harry play. So hopefully, right? Like he was technically healthy last week. But this is supposed to be the week where we're going to see Nikhil Harry play. This is going to be the week where Justin Fields is going to get the opportunity to pair up with a big 6'3 wide receiver who was highly touted out of college, who went to the Patriots and kind of just, eh, it didn't work out. I don't know if it was because he couldn't play. I don't know if it was because he didn't get targets. I will be honest with you. He didn't get a ton of targets after his first year. Um, they kind of basically were just like, yeah, you're like done. And you know Bill Belichick will move off you like that. It's like, hey, uh, what's what's going on with uh, Nikhil this week? Oh, Nikhil's got a little bit of a hamstring. Well, we'll find his replacement. Jesus. He, I said a little bit of a hamstring. He can play. Cut him. Wait, what? To me, this is going to be the week where you're going to get the opportunity to get your first look at what could be the rest of this season's offense because there's no injury. There's no, there's nothing holding you back. Now, now I can't say no injury, right? Justin Fields got beat the heck up in that last game. I can't say no injury. I do think Justin is playing hurt. I do think Justin Fields is, is going to 
fight through it right. But I, I do feel better about the fact that we've seen Justin Fields play injured and he played pretty well. Um, now, granted, that was in college behind an Ohio, Ohio State offensive line that basically was seven pros and um, uh, like five more on the bench that he basically, if anybody went down, he, he would be safe. You don't have that here. But I am excited to see what the beginning of this is going to be because this is the, I mean, this is the rest of the season's offense. Not to say this is what your offense is going to be for the next five years, 10 years. But this is the rest of your season's offense if everybody stays healthy. And if you're a Bears fan like me, come on, dog. You gotta just find you something to get you through the game. Also, to let you guys know, man, first off, appreciate you guys tuning in and rocking with us. Uh, hit that like button if you guys have not done so. Subscribe to the page. We'll be because you don't want to miss Monday night where we will be pulling double duty. I have no idea how we're gonna pull this off yet. I have no idea how we're going to make this happen yet. But at 7 p.m., the Chicago Bulls tip off. At 7.15 p.m., the Chicago Bears kick off. So we're going to be doing a double live call. I don't know how that's going to work. You don't know how that's going to work. So make sure that you're subscribed to the page so that you can see what kind of chaos is going to ensue. I think I'm going to be looking like a chameleon by the end of the night because I'm going to have eyes going both directions. Um, there's a joke there that I'm going to leave alone. But shout out to you guys for showing love to the channel, man. Uh, before we get into breaking down kind of what our uh, beloved, beloved offensive coordinator uh, is talking about, I do have to let you guys know about... Bird Dog Whiskey. Dog, listen. I've been telling y'all about Bird Dog Whiskey. You've witnessed Bird Dog Whiskey here on the show. Bird Dog Whiskey made Ringo stand. I don't know if it was the whiskey or the Miami Heat, but Ringo stood up out of nowhere. Nobody saw that coming. It's, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dog Whiskey, the official drink of the Windy City Breeze. In 2010, Bird Dog pioneered the flavored whiskey category. Since that time, Bird Dog has been upholding and trailblazing the space year after year. Me and the squad have personally enjoyed this flavor with you on the screen. Uh, or we have personally enjoyed the peach flavor, I should say, with you guys here watching the Bears, watching the Bulls. Bulls won, Bears lost, so yeah, one and one, it evens out, right? Uh, we watched both of those guys go to war, and uh, I mean, listen, you guys saw how much we enjoyed it live on the stream, and that's why we want you to enjoy it with us as well. So, check the link in the description below to see where you can find your favorite flavor of bird dog whiskey, where the motto is, life is short. So add some flavor. Let's see who's in the chat, man. We got Baki in the chat. Baki said, Pat, don't worry. I got your back. I'm going to be watching both games, so I keep the chat updated. Oh, we're going to be watching them both as well. It's going to get interesting. Uh, M-Man said, tried buying Bird Dog, but they didn't have the peach. Ah, that peach is fire, bro. That peach is fire. Uh, Steve-O said, that whiskey that got Ringo to stand. Get your flavors. <laughs> hey, bro. Bro, if y'all haven't seen the clip, of me seeing Ringo just stand up out of nowhere. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Please do your favor and check that out on the channel. It was from the Miami Heat Chicago Bulls live call. Bro, I was not expecting that. There was nothing in my life that could have prepared me for that moment. So um, what we're going to do now, though, we're going to listen in to uh, Luke Getze uh, talking about kind of where this Bears team is at and um, what he's expecting heading into this week versus the Patriots. So let's listen in to our beloved O.C., it's challenging about the way they use defensive personnel and then on game day while it's happening how do you guys identify here's what they might be trying to do based on who's in the game uh yeah i mean that's that's a the, the challenge that they they give you is that for two parts they get really specific with like you know putting the people in the game that they feel do the task the best too so um, you know, in the run game, you're going to get certain type of guys on the field, you know, run downs. And if it's an obvious passing down, you're getting certain guys in the field. So you're getting their better personnel. And then the challenge with all the stuff that you, as you prepare for the, for the week, um, you have to, it, the challenge is, okay, if you're in 21 personnel and you have a play called and there's three different types of personnel that you uh, anticipate, that's, that's more work for you during the week as far as getting the guys prepared for it. So that part of the challenge is, is something that, a lot of these teams have, that have, have presented for us. We talked a lot about uh, self-evaluation during the mini-buy. When you're looking at the offense, what is – I'm not saying that anything surprised you, but what kind of were the takeaways in terms of maybe something that you're doing really well and you want to build on something you need to improve? Yeah, there, there was – I mean, there was, a, there was a good bit of both, I think. You know, we uh, – um, we took a good hard look at like our, our personnel, like where, where, what we were doing within each personnel, what, where our success was with each personnel. And then we took a look at each individual and said, okay, uh, where does each individual, what is each individual doing well? And then what does each individual need to improve on? And so that's kind of been our focus. We spent some time with the guys uh, early in the week and, and, and kind of just emphasized that before we got into the game plan part of it. And uh, yeah, that's what we, we, we wanted to make sure that we did all that so that each guy can feel like they can get better as we move forward. Luke, going back to, to last Thursday night, the, the missed throw to Griffin in the end zone. Yeah. What's your honest, unfiltered assessment of the entirety of that play and, and what needs to happen for that to connect? Oh, I think it's just, it's simple, right? It was, uh, guys did a good job. We just missed a throw. I don't think it's anything more than that. In the final minute there, could you have run? Or could you have called a, a design run play? Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's, what, 52-ish? 52-ish, yeah. Is that one of those things where you'd have to call two plays in the huddle because they're getting right on it? Yeah, and we're prepared for kind of on the ball in those situations too, so you could do either one. You can do either one. But we felt, we, 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 I mean, as you, you talk about what, as you look, reflect, we felt good about what we did at the end of that thing. Um, you know, it just didn't work out. We didn't execute it, so we got to coach it better, and the guy, guy's got to do it better. So we got to, that's, that's the emphasis for sure. You guys have obviously run block very well. Are you, are you surprised that there's been such a difference between the success doing that and the pass blocking? I mean, sometimes guys are going to be better at one thing than another, but it, it seems like there's a... Yeah. No, no, I mean, it, the pass blocking is one of the hardest tasks in this league. I don't care across any position. Um, like, the defensive line in this league is, like, just... 
those they're amazing players. They really are. They make it so hard. And so pass pros, like I, I would imagine most evaluators don't even watch run blocking as much uh, because it, it pass pro is so hard. So no, that, that's that's the, the it's why you have to run the ball. That's why you have to use play 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 pass uh, to help alleviate some of that. And then when you get into the obvious passing downs, and you have to try to find different ways to kind of keep them accountable and not let them just run off the ball as fast as you can because we got an unbelievable task again this week with, with what we got to face up front. Lucas Patrick was really self-critical yesterday of his play so far. You've obviously seen him at you know, a higher level in Green Bay. Well, what can you do as a coaching staff to get him to the expectations that he has and that you guys have? Yeah, I think it's, you know, he's had to bounce around a bunch of different positions, and that's never an easy thing for, for an offensive lineman. He never complains one second about it. So, you know, that part of it's the challenge as far as, you know, he's played all the positions, right, in, in practice and in the games. And so he did that for us, you know, in previous years too, and he's, he's a soldier like that for us. And it's the same stuff for everybody. I mean, we just got to focus in on the fundamentals, and that's probably he would admit that, you know, he lost lost his fundamentals a little bit last week. and. You know, he's going to work his butt off to make sure he's ready to rock and roll this week. How many progress has Nikhil Harry made since he came back? And what are your expectations when he comes back? What's he going to give you on the field? Well, I'm excited to see. You know, there's a little bit of the unknown, right? Because just, he just hasn't hasn't been out there yet, right? Didn't get to do the preseason, didn't get to play any games yet. So the, it's a little bit of unknown. And um, But he's getting better. He's just like I've told you guys before, he's a smart player. Uh, he, he can, he's given us, you know, in training camp, he started giving us the flexibility and able to put him in a bunch of different positions. A uh, big, strong guy that we can use in a bunch of different ways. So I'm excited to see where he can go. Sorry. Is, is it unrealistic to think, though, that he can get the full boat, that he knows, that he's had enough practice to know what he's doing with the full boat playbook? Yeah, no. I mean, the expectation is that everybody in the building knows it all. So we're not gonna we're not gonna hold back on anybody. Uh, I think that's, you know, and he's a pro, and so he he, he works that way. You know, he it's probably more as anything. He's got to get make sure he's in game shape, right? Which is something that uh, is is the hardest. You know, you can't do that until you until you start playing. So when you talk about the specificity of, of their personnel, what what is Justin's responsibility when he, when he walks to the line? Does he? have to identify, okay, you know, here's who's on the field for them. Does that influence how he checks into stuff? In a way that yeah. it wouldn't in a regular, maybe more so than it would in a regular game just because they do it so often. Yeah, I mean, that's always a part of what we do. Um, sometimes the personnel is, is a part of what dictates what he does, and sometimes it doesn't. So, yes, I would say the answer is yes. He has to know what, the, what personnel they're in so that he has an idea of what to expect. Pass protection for offensive linemen, what are the differences of their responsibilities execution-wise for, like, RPOs, quick throws, screens, versus, like, a drop back, like a, like a longer drop? Yeah, I mean, I guess you would just you would equate it to, like, in the play pass and whether you, whether you are in a quick game where you can, you know, maybe cut people down or whatever. Like, when you get to be the aggressor, it's it's easier, I would think. You know, you get your hands on and you go, you go, to, you go to fight, but when you're – in a true, you know, five or seven step drop back pass, it's a one on one, and you're retreating, and someone's running at you, right? And so now you have these um, freak of an athlete that's like can play corner, and he's playing defensive end at 270 pounds, and so like now you have a guy who can bull rush you, who can misdirect you. So that's, I mean, to me, that's that's an incredible ta uh, task for any offensive lineman. It's, I've always been just so impressed by how how hard of a task that is, and they're able to do it so well. Set was on the field for about 40% of the snaps the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Is that 
one guy filling in now to pick that up, or do you kind of have to sl sl slice that up and burn that up? Yeah, um, no, I mean, I think that room has kind of done that, right? We've kind of just, we've been letting everybody kind of get a little bit of peace. I think Mooney's probably been on the field more than anybody else. But other than that, I think, you know, that's been our, kind of been our approach as far as trying to get guys to have different roles and get as many reps and give guys opportunities to go go make a play. Justin said that you and Andrew could see during the last game that his internal clock was kind of speeding up later in the game. And he admitted that, you know, some of the things are come from pass protection and learning what he can trust. As a coach and a play caller, how do you adapt to that throughout the course of a game? And then obviously when you get back to practice as well in terms of getting Justin to where he needs to be with that. Yeah, that's, that's uh, the experience of playing the position is the only way you get that. Like there's no, you can't simulate what that feels like to have those guys around you, uh, the timing and the, you know, trying to read, read coverage, make sure you had the protection in the right way, where is your weakness in the protection, all that stuff going through your mind and then being prepared for the play and going through your progression. Like you can't, can't simulate that uh, to that level. But I mean, I, I really do believe that it's just gotten better and better each week. And um, he's going to, you know, he's going to continue to grow through that. And that's just, just getting these repetitions in practice and then, and then getting them in the games, trying to make practice as much as real as we can. As an extension of that, I think one of the words he used was antsy, that he occasionally gets antsy. And, and he kind of said in this discussion with you, he, he asked for sort of some reminders to not get antsy. What, what kind of feedback do you give him when you guys are having that discussion on, on how to kind of just calm that down within a game, right? Like where you don't have practice to. Uh, it's, it's like you just said, it's just a reminder. It's just a conversation. Uh, he talks to Andrew after every single drive immediately. And then usually when everything, everything calms down, we figure out something and I usually go to him next. So and we just have good conversations like that. Just reminders. I'm gonna raise my hands, get called on it. <laughs> um, question for you about Darnell Mooney. He, I'm sure you're familiar with his history, has just continued to climb from the day that he got here. What factors in your mind explain why he hasn't been able to produce this year like the player we saw last season? I mean, there's there's a ton of factors that go into, like, if you're just talking about pure numbers, because I feel like where he's, you know, you take the first game or so and he didn't really have any production, right? It was like one catch for, like, negative yards or something like that, right? But it, you can see his role has grown throughout throughout the year. We're figuring out, you know, what we do well, um, and he's a big part of that, you know? Um, Sometimes games go that way, and we feel like we have to play a certain way in order to have the best chance to win. And and sometimes the production numbers aren't as high, but I feel like he's been a huge part the last three or four weeks of us creating as many explosives as we've been able to have, uh, you know. And so we got to continue to build off of that with him. So you see it trending upwardly with him at this point, though. Um, and in like as as his play, his production. Yeah, no, yeah, he's yeah, absolutely. He's been playing better each week. I thought in the run game. Play style wise, I mean, it's been last the last three games. He's been awesome. I mean, if you, you you see some of the stuff that we've asked him to do, and he's the well, 175 pounds or whatever he is, right? He's fighting his butt off, and um, you know, he's been, I thought I feel like he's been great. His mentality's been been great. He's, uh, he's been a really good leader for for this football team. So yeah, I definitely see him as an ascending guy. Well, That's on me. Y'all know I be forgetting to turn that countdown off sometimes, man. When I switch the scene, it pops back up. Don't worry about it. That was Luke Getze, uh, OC of the... Uh <laughs>
Chicago Bears. Hey, bro. I hate when that happens. That irks my soul because it's just me like, oh, you forgot to do that. Um, no, that was Luke Getzey kind of just giving his thoughts on where this team is offensively and uh, where he feels like this team is is really heading, um, especially getting its full slate of weapons back into the building. I mean, full slate of weapons based on what it is, right? Like, at the end of the day, it's all about getting into the end zone. At the end of the day, it's all about finding a way to score these touchdowns. And here's the thing. Uh, there's a lot of people that are going to look at Luke Getzey and be like, hey, Luke, you suck. Um, you're not getting into the end zone. There's a lot of people that are going to look at Luke Getzey and say, hey, Luke, why aren't these plays working? Why aren't we finishing off these plays? Why aren't we getting touchdowns? And you also have to look at the players, right? Like, it's it's the talent on the field. It's it's the players that are that come out. It's the it it's the play on the field, right? As much as um, listen, I'll take as much pressure off of Justin on the Ryan Griffin play now as um, but I also will put just as much pressure pressure on the Cole Komet missed touchdown or on the Darnell Mooney overthrow. Not to say that those moments aren't going to happen. But you can't have them compound. You heard him talking about, you heard them ask kind of how Justin's clock was speeding up and how he really wants to deal with um, Justin Fields, uh, uh, um, you know, and having his clock speed up and stuff like that. And you, th here's the thing. At the end of the day, we can say all that we want to do. We can talk all we want to do. You can't. Because his clock's speeding up because you don't currently have the talent that's going to keep him from having to run for his life. It's not going to happen this season. So what you have to figure out is how do we play through those moments to find our way into the end zone? How do we get Justin Fields comfortable with the situation as it currently is? And I'm not going to lie to you. I think Luke Getzey did a better job of that. And remember, this is, I think this is the hard part about the growing pains, right? Was if we were dealing with the growing pains and Cliff Kingsbury was our OC right now, although maybe a poor time to use Cliff Kingsbury after how the, uh, how the uh, Cardinals looked. But if, if we were going through these growing pains, right? And Cliff Kingsbury was our OC, what would we say? He'll figure it out. He knows what he's doing offensively, right? The hard part for us is that we don't know what we're doing or we don't know if Luke Getze currently knows what he's doing. To me, it feels like he's growing as an offensive coordinator. To me, it feels like he's changing up how he's calling the offenses and he's moving in the right, right? Those things feel like they're happening to me. But in retrospect, right, are they actually going to happen? We're not going to know that until we get towards the end of the year. We're not going to know that until we get towards the end of the season because by then we'll know, okay, he figured out either how to navigate this team with the talent that's currently on it or we'll have people making excuses that, hey, guess what? He didn't have enough talent on his team for his offense to be successful. Well, you knew what the talent was on the team when you took the job. So I can't hit you with that. Right? Like, I, so to me, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, can I'm not asking Luke Getzey to figure out how to turn Justin Fields into the greatest quarterback of all time right now. I'm asking Luke Getzey to do exactly what he's doing. Can you continually show me that Justin Fields is improving week by week? And on top of that, can you put him in positions where he's starting to feel a lot more comfortable? I think in that first half, the Bears did a better job of it than in the second half. But then when you don't get into the end zone, right, it makes things harder for you. When you don't finish off those plays, it makes things harder for you. 
When you don't finish uh, uh, these drives with touchdowns, it makes things harder for you. You know what makes a young quarterback comfortable? Room. Room to make a mistake. Room to grow. Room for, okay, I, I might have missed that. That's on me. There's no room for that with Justin Fields right now. Justin Fields has to be perfect. With the talent on the team right now, Justin Fields has to be perfect. That's the room that he has right now. And you're not in a position for Justin Fields to be perfect right now because he's somebody that's growing. He's somebody that's trying to figure out what the heck is happening on the field. He's somebody that's learning Luke Getze's new system. He's some, right. There's so much growth that's happening all at once that it gets muddled sometimes. And because there's so many question marks to look at, you don't know who's good. You don't know who's bad. You don't know who's going to figure it out. So again, it's 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 about how you look at it. It's about how you feel about it. It's about how you write. Like because is the offense even if I feel like the offense improve is improving? Do, are we running a world beater offense out there? No. I saw a list of like all the quarterbacks that have thrown have have had games where they've thrown two hundred plus yards, two plus touchdowns, and zero interceptions. There's like. 10 in the last 20 years or 30 years, something like that. That's how bad it's been. That's how much of a struggle it's been. So now I'm looking at, okay, are we showing growth? Are we continuing to move forward? I don't care if it's small or big. Because I understand where we're at situation-wise with this team. And I'll tell you what, if here's, here's the thing that I want you to focus on, right? If you can get Justin Fields to the point where he can give you a game like he gave you in Washington last week, maybe finishing in the end zone a little bit more, but I mean yards-wise, rushing-wise, vision-wise, where he can give you that every single week. And then you give them weapons next year. And then you give them, you go out and buy. I, I, my theory is next season, you're buying your offensive line. I don't care. You buy, buy it. Well, you got $100 million to spend, 85 to $90 million of it should be on offensive line. Go draft a wide receiver. Go draft two of them. Go give me two six five dudes that's just tall and catch for no reason. Honestly, buy my line. You paid for Lucas Patrick. You hope you found something with, with Braxton Jones. Because I'll tell you what, everybody keeps talking about, go buy go buy you a wide receiver next year. Ain't nobody coming out. Half the wide receivers that's, that's on the free agent market next year are on this team right now because we gave them one-year contracts. Go out and buy your offensive line. You spend as much money as you possibly can spend. I need to see uh I need to see 80 to 90 million dollars in my offensive line. I'm not playing. I'm not looking for the steal of the deal to keep Justin alive. Because it's the one thing that will always stand out to me about Ryan Pace. It's the one thing that will always stand out to me about Brian Pace. 
you went and drafted a quarterback at the number two overall pick. Did I think he was the right quarterback? No. Did I think you messed up? Yeah. But you did that. What'd you do after that? Let's go get him a wide receiver. Let's draft a running back. Let's draft another receiver. Let's go get Allen Robinson. Let's bring in Darnell Mooney. Where's the offensive line? Don't make the same mistake, Poles. Don't make the same mistake. Don't make the same mistake. Get this kid an offensive line. Because you can see that he can throw the football. Even if you think he's a mid-quarterback, right? Here's the thing about the NFL for me anyway, too. You don't need the best quarterback in the world to win a Super Bowl. Does it help? Heck yeah. But when you're talking about the best quarterbacks in the world, Aaron Rodgers has won, and he gets put out pretty often. Pat Mahomes has been in a position to get there a couple of times. Got the, He's actually gotten there a couple of times. He's got one. He's lost one. He's lost in the AFC title game, right? Like, he's put you in a great position. That's what that's what having a top quarterback, it, it gives you a chip, a chip in the chair every year. You know it. You know it. I know he's going to get me here. I know he's going to put me in a position where I can be in the NFC title game or the AFC title game every single year. That's what you want that great quarterback for. But guess what? I've seen okay quarterback. Jimmy G a great quarterback? Is Jimmy G a great quarterback? You're telling me Justin Fields can't be at a minimum with a better arm, Jimmy G. And I'm not going to lie to you, Jimmy G with a better arm is pretty good. But what's Jimmy G got? Heck of an offensive line, heck of a running game, bunch of receivers there. You got to give this kid weapons. And the weapons need to be dogs up front. Figure out your dogs up front. We're going to take a listen in here to Justin Fields, and then I'm going to hop off because at 6 p.m., we're going to be live for the Chicago Bulls live call. So if you guys are uh, not sick of uh, seeing this beautiful face here, uh, we'll be back for the Bulls live call as well. So tune in with us on that. Let's listen in to Justin Fields here, what he had to say about just trying to get better every single day. And this last week, kind of getting beyond that point and ready to take the next step. Um, yeah, just seeing where we need to improve, uh, watching the film and, you know, seeing uh, where we could get better. And, you know, we all just made that clear uh, individually, uh, position groups. Uh, you know, they talked about it with their position coaches. So, um, you know, just, you know, constantly trying to get better. Man, Eberflus said that, that you and he had a long talk. Um, what, what was, why did you guys have a long talk and what was the substance of I mean, we meet. We meet all the time, so it wasn't, wasn't nothing crazy. But uh, yeah, we just talked about, you know, what our jobs, what our roles were, you know, as leaders of this team. So, uh, you know, and really just just looking forward to the future. Did you feel good though to to express some of that? Express some of what? Express your frustration last week after. I mean, the yeah. I mean, I don't. I expect you know every player on the team to be frustrated after we lost. So, I mean, 
Like, it wasn't a, like, I heard your question. It wasn't, like, a rock-bottom thing or anything like that. It was just, like, I'm not happy that we lost the game. So it's like, yeah. The emotion that you, you could hear it in your voice after that game, the frustration. How do you climb out of that and move forward? I mean, I have the same frustration after every loss. It's like, I don't like losing. I, I've told you guys that multiple times. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, seeing where you could get better, seeing where you can improve. And, yeah, watching the film, of course, is going to hurt. So, um, you know, just seeing uh, where you can get better at, seeing, you know, what I can do better uh, as a quarterback. And, um, you know, just, just trying to get better each and every day. You, you made some comment, I think, last year, maybe it was after the Tampa game, that it was just kind of this new jarring experience to you to lose because you had not been through much of that. There's been a lot of it in the year and a half that you've been here. How has that affected you? How have you weathered that? Um, you know, it's just you just got to work harder. Uh, that's the only that's the only you know thing I know how to do. So just keep going. Patriots run a they have a lot they run a lot of man coverage. RPOs are designed to beat man coverage. How do you think that that would help you and kind of the offense as a whole, like a quicker passing attack to maybe get something strung together in the passing game? Yeah, just whatever we can do. Um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, just executing, uh, just getting the run game going, of course, you know, uh, just getting completions and having the guys run. So, um, you know, I think that'll definitely help for sure. When you have those conversations with Matty Berflus, did you guys talk about not only this season but the big picture, you know, obviously first-year head coach, second-year quarterback, and kind of what you want to build together? Uh, not not really. We're just, you know, focused on this week in this game. So, yeah. We've talked about wanting to have each player uh, or point out maybe two or three things that they're doing well two or three things that they're not doing well. What, what was your feedback? Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Eberflus had said that during this mini bye week, they were going to show each player two or three things they're doing well, two or three things they have to work on. I was asking you, what was the feedback that you received? Yeah, I mean, the stuff that I'm doing well, of course, keep doing it, keep getting better, and then the stuff that I'm, you know, that I need to get better at, just keep doing that. So, yeah, or just get better at that. I'm just going to keep that, you know, within the team walls because, of course, you know, it's just game plan and stuff. So, just, just get, I, I mean, just like I always say, I got to get better at everything, you know. I haven't reached, you know, my full potential in every, you know, in any aspect of the game of, of quarterback play. So, you know, just continue to get better. What's your, what's your self-assessment at this point in the season? That I, uh, that I can play better. Uh, and, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be like that. So, like I said, I'm a perfectionist, but, you know, it's, it's hard to be perfect. So, uh, like I said, I can get better at, you know, everything regarding quarterback play. You know about, um, you've talked about, like, the extra work that you put in with Darnell Mooney, you know, going back to the offseason, training camp and all that, staying late at the facility. Have you guys um, added to that, did change that at all, and, you know, just to try to unlock that connection that you guys have and, and get more production on game? So added to what? Like just like, have you tweaked that at all? I mean, you put in all that work in the offseason and the, the results ne haven't necessarily been there in mm -hmm. the games, or you guys have just been keep doing what you've been, been uh, Yeah, I mean, we stay every day after practice and get extra out, so same thing. Are you good health-wise? Did, did the, the rest help you at all from that, from last yeah. Thursday? Yeah, extra days definitely helped. Um, so I'm definitely feeling better each and every day. You didn't have to have any testing or anything like that, like x-rays, deeper, closer look, and left shoulder, anything like that? I know x-rays. What have you seen from Nikhil Harry? I mean, I know you haven't been in the practice field for a little bit, but what have you seen from him, and what are your expectations moving forward, getting him back? Um, I mean, I haven't seen much other than camp. Uh, I don't think he's been practicing. Uh, he's gotten in a, he got in a little bit last week in practice, but nothing crazy. But uh, I'm excited. You know, of course, he's a you know big body. Uh, you know, he's you know great at the catch point, great at jump ball. So uh, 
great run blocker, so he's definitely going to be a weapon for the offense for sure. How have you seen Matt Eberflus kind of navigate through this losing streak in terms of how he deals with the team, how he deals with you? Yeah, I mean, he's a leader. Uh, you know, I think the way he's handled it, the way he, you know, he's you know, talking to our team, I think it's, you know, sort of looking for just. Uh, he's just positively tried to, you know, make it a, a positive thing rather than, you know, a, a negative thing. Of course, you know, you can look back, oh, we're on a losing streak, this and that. But at the end of the day, like, that's over. Like, it's whatever day today is, whatever today's date is, that's that's what it is. And, of course, we play the Patriots on Monday night. So, um, you know, that's that's what we're looking forward to. Is that hard to do? What? As a head coach, you think it's hard to sit there and walk into a room in front of 60 guys and stay in a losing streak and stay positive and, and stay focused? Uh, is it hard to say that to the team? Yeah, yeah. Or is it hard to, you know, try and pull pull a team out of a losing streak? Uh, I feel like that'd be more of a question for him, to be honest, to see his point of view on it. But yeah. What is Moon's versatility as far as just like playing those multiple receiver spots? Whether he's X, Y, Z. What does that kind of allow you guys to do? Yeah, it just allows us to, you know, uh, find ways to get him the ball. Um, the fact that he can play inside and outside, just you know. Just means he, this just means he can do more. So um, you know, of course, he's a very versatile player. He can do a lot of things. So um, yeah, that's 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 all that means. So, yeah. Justin, did you did you watch football on Sunday, or do you get away from it? I don't watch them. What, you any impressions watching games, and is it a different perspective when you're just not not scouting but just watching? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, enjoyed it for sure. But yeah, I mean, now I feel like I've just watch football in such a different way than I used to. I'm looking at, like, the defense, you know, what plays are running, what concepts are running. So I'm um, just, you know, in, enjoy watching it like that. Learn anything? Or? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, every time you watch, you you learn. So um, really just watching, you know, future opponents we may play uh, later in the year. So it's kind of, you know, just, just throwing that in the bank. Last year, one of your uh, better games came on Monday Night Football in Pittsburgh. Did you embrace the fact that this week coming off the, the losses you've had is on Monday night on a big stage? Um, I don't really necessarily look at the day that we play. I just you know play every game my hardest and the best I can. All you guys are obviously trying to grow in this offense, yourself included, the wide receivers. But when you talk about, can you talk about the cumulative impact on you from not having a consistent pocket all the time? I'm asking, like, there are plays when the pocket is there for you. Mm-hmm. But is there a cumulative impact when it's not there that kind of impacts you? Yeah, for sure. Um, that was actually one thing that me and the uh, me and Luke and Andrew talked about. I felt like later in the game, I was getting like my internal clock was speeding up a little bit just because of the you know the past um, maybe the past box that I were getting in the game. So I just you know told them to where if they feel like that I'm you know getting antsy and you know maybe leaving the pocket too early when it's there, um, just you know just remind me to reset like reset after every play because of course you know. Uh, there, like you said, there's going to be times where I, I do have time and I can sit in there. But yeah, that's definitely a big thing. Um, just you know, making sure that just because they got to the, you know, just because they got back here fast, the last play or two, three plays ago doesn't mean they're going to get back fast. So just playing every play and you know, just 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 seeing that every play is going to be different. So. That's Justin Fields kind of breaking down what he was seeing in Washington in the game versus Washington and kind of you know what he hopes to see. I, I I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I'm I'm two sided on this, right? I I don't like the fact that he's talking about I haven't worked with Nikhil Harry a lot, even though I know, right? Of course, he hasn't worked with him a lot. Like he he just hasn't played that much. He hasn't practiced that much. But I don't like the fact that like he hasn't worked with him a lot. But I kind of do because sometimes there's just some magic made. 
sometimes you just have those moments where um a guy's just really good or a guy's able to just get to that next level or he's just it just clicks naturally because I was able to play with him and I just finally got out there. Um, so I do kind of want to see what Justin's going to be like with Nikhil Harry. I've got a little bit of excitement around the unknown, I guess. The unknown's always more exciting, right? That's what I always say. The unknown's more exciting than what's known because what's known usually sucks here in Chicago. Um, but no, I, I, I'm real excited about Justin. And, and I think the, the one thing that I love, especially hearing him talk about it in the press conference, is that he's he's honest about where he's at. He's honest about he's not sitting here telling you, right, like I've got I've got much more in the tank. He's like, I'm just trying to get better. I'm just trying to make this play. I know that I can get to that level, but I have to get there. Um, he's honest about what the pocket is doing to him. He's honest about, which means, and and I know the honesty people are like, so what? He's honest. The honesty means he understands what's happening and he can, you, you can grow from the understanding. That's the part that I have to, that I look at, right? Because there's a lot of times where guys are just like, well, you know, everybody needs to get better. They've got to play better. I've got to play better, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you really understand what the issue is? Do you think it's you? Do you think it's them? Do you think it's – but it seems like Justin Fields has a real understanding of kind of where the issues are with this team. And from there, we've seen him week after week after week, at least the last three weeks, really be able to kind of navigate that. And it's going to be good to see that, I think, coming in here Monday night to see kind of how he's going to be able to play. Hopefully – uh, the offensive line change will help Justin a little bit as we go into this next week. Um, like I said, coming into this video, the offensive line is supposed to be uh, Lucas Patrick playing at the center position. Your left guard is going to be Michael Schofield. Your left tackle will be uh, Braxton Jones. Your right guard will be Tevin Jenkins. Your right tackle will be Larry Borum. We'll see kind of what that ends up being musty has been benched per some of these reports right like here's the weird part this is like this is what we expect if musty's starting at center right like none of all this whole podcast was for nothing thank you for listening blah 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 um but i mean <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things to me where i look at him just like bro like I just want to see you guys continue growing, and I want to see Justin. The main thing I need to see is Justin not taking those hits. And, yes, that is on the offensive line, but it's also on him a little bit. You got to get yourself out of there. You got to get yourself out of there. You got to get yourself out of there. So um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. As always, man, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page if you have not done so. We will be live for the Chicago Bulls game tonight. Bulls are taking on the Washington Wizards in about 30 minutes. So tune back in with us in about 30 minutes for that game as well. And then on the other side of uh, the weekend, although we will be live for one more game, make sure that you're subscribed because Monday we've got to figure out how the heck we're going to do a double call at once. Bulls play at 7. Bears are around 7, at 7.15, 7.30 kickoff, something like that for Monday Night Football. That's where we're at right now. That's where we're at right now. I got to figure out how we're going to do both of those at once. If you thought calling one game at one time was going to make me lose my mind, wait till we got two going at once. So appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us, man. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. As always, man, it's your boy, Path the Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.